Welcome back to Fringe Spirit, Not Your Love and Light Podcast. Thank you for joining me once again. Today, we are going to get into how to master your intuition and Claire's. So what does that do for us, right? So the, the more that you hone your intuition and improve upon your abilities to sense, aka your clairs, you are, you can read energy more easily. You can connect with your higher self and work with your higher self in your day to day life and making decisions, you know, in your professional life, in your relationships, in your health, things like that. It, it can improve your ability to channel information as well. So whether you are choosing to use your intuition and Claire's to kind of hone a channeling ability or become a healer and understanding how to pick up on what is wrong with someone uh, on an energetic level and, and move that energy and heal them, or you do psychic readings or you want to simply just live your best life, you're not planning on working with other people, maybe you do want to do some healing work for yourself, or, you know, whatever, but, or maybe you just want to know that you have that kind of seamless connection with your higher self, and you're picking up what they're putting down. And and that is how we truly do live our best life. So, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter the phase of life you're in, honing your intuition is only going to improve your life. Okay, so what is intuition? Intuition is your ability to acquire knowledge and information outside of conscious reasoning. It's your ability to perceive using senses outside of your traditional five senses. Intuition utilizes your clairs. And in my, in my perspective, it's, it's kind of the umbrella for your clairs, right? So some examples of intuition that we're all using it. We all have it. Whether you think that you do or not, we all have this and we all have had some of these experiences, right? When you know that someone is going to call before they call and they call and you're like, wow, I was just thinking about you or I was just thinking of giving you a call or, you know, I just had a dream about you last night, you know, something like that. Or maybe when your gut tells you that you shouldn't go to a party or an event of some sort. And later on, maybe you find out that something bad happened or you realize like you really did just need some alone time to yourself and it really wasn't going to serve you to be out in a big public social space, right? Just kind of that gut feeling where you just know. Uh, maybe sometimes, you know, if you um, see an animal on the road while you're driving or on the side of the road and you just know in your gut that it's a sign and it's not just random. And then later on, you look it up and, you know, the symbolic meaning of the animal and it resonates. It makes sense for you. It makes sense for the phase of life that you're in. It makes sense for for all of it, right? Uh, maybe, you know, when um, you're a family member is sick and you just have that gut feeling that something's off with so-and-so and you just you just know it, you have that feeling before they even tell you, right? Sometimes we just know things, right? Simply by our clear cognizance. Uh, 
but sometimes it's also just a combination of our different clairs. Okay, so how to improve our intuition. Now that we kind of have an idea what it is, what it looks like in our day-to-day life, and we've probably had an experience with at least one of those examples, how do we improve upon our intuition and how do we hone it? We begin to sense how our body reacts and responds to something that resonates. We, de- we begin to develop and fine-tune our discernment. We become aware of how we're already using our intuition or already channeling information, right? We raise our vibration. We release the ego, right? Because the ego will skew your interpretations and your discernment, and we'll get into that. We release any blocks that we have to receiving information, right? This is probably your crown chakra or your third eye chakra. We question everything and we want to be constantly curious. We need to release attachment to beliefs. If we are too attached to a certain belief system, We close ourselves off to any information outside of that belief system. For example, if you grew up in a very religious background where, you know, it's, it's very ingrained that if you're communicating with something or if you're receiving divine guidance, you know, you basically, you can only talk to Jesus, God, or the devil or a demon, right? And so you kind of have this built-in belief that if I hear something or if I receive information that it's got to be negative, it's got to be the devil, it's got to be a demon, right? We're closing ourselves off to all other possibilities of what that could be. And it also goes vice versa. Some people don't believe that anything dark or low vibrational exists. And so they're closing themselves off to the idea that what the the information that they're receiving is not from a source that has your highest interest, your best interest at hand. So... Anything and everything that you believe, you have to be willing to let go of it and, and believe, be okay with being wrong and, and looking outside the box that you're currently looking in, right? And, and in that same breath, we want to release our expectations, our expectations of what we think channeling or using our intuition or using our clairs looks like or shouldn't look like, right? If we expect it to look like, you know, someone very clairvoyant. Um, I personally, I'm very clairvoyant. So I see things very visually. And some people really think that like when they open up, it's going to come out that way. And it's not always that way. Some people are more clairaudient. Some people just, they just know, right? You just have that knowing. So you have to let go of the expectations of what you think it's going to look like or what it's, or what you want it to look like or, you know, comparing yourself to your peers or your friends or your mentor or any, anything like that, right? And then we want to trust ourselves, right? You have to trust yourself. And 
you know, I've gotten into this before, but there there is a difference between trusting yourself and having good discernment. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole because I already have. However, you can trust yourself and still question everything, right? You can say, okay, this is what I'm receiving, but jumping to the conclusion of what you think that it means, that's where you want to have the good discernment. The discernment comes in the almost the analytical phase of receiving. Trusting yourself means I'm trusting that I'm receiving this. What it means, I don't know. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. What or who is it coming from? I don't know, right? That's okay. But trusting, saying, I know that I'm seeing this and I know that this feels good, right? Maybe you do deep down in your gut, like you you have the discernment and it resonates with you that this feels positive. This feels good. Maybe you don't know what it is quite yet. And, and that's where really honing your discernment comes in. But you want to trust yourself. Don't do the whole, I'm crazy. I'm making this up in my head. I'm just having conversations with myself in my head. I'm making it up. None of this is real. No, right? We need to trust ourselves. Okay, we want to pick up on the signs. Additionally, if we're trying to improve our intuition, notice the signs, right? If you see, uh, for example, my friend today, she just told me the past uh, few days to a week, she has been seeing more spiders than she's ever seen over and over. And even while we were together, there were three, four, five spiders that, that popped up. And again, she's like, you know, I think this is a sign. There's something to it. And, you know, when you think about a spider, what is a spider? Of course, you can go and Google it. But when it comes to signs and, you know, animal symbolization and things like that, you know, it's subjective, right? What a spider means to you is going to be different from what it means to me and so on and so forth. But at a base level, a spider, what is a spider? A spider is resilient, right? Because their entire home can get washed away and they're just going to get up and they're going to go rebuild it, right? They're, they are resilient and they, they adapt, right? Again, if they need to move, they move and they go and create new. So they're resilient and they're adaptive and they overcome challenges very, very well. And when, when my friend and I were talking about this, it makes so sense, so much sense because that's exactly the phase of life that she's in right now. So pick up on the signs and recognize them and say, universe, I saw that, right? You know, cause the more you put you, you, recognize the signs from your higher self or, you know, whatever the case may be, the more you're going to get them. And then we want to, we want to hone our clairs as if they were a muscle. So you're not going to just come out of the womb with like A++++ in every clair area of your life, right? It's very, very unusual for everyone or for anyone to really have all of the clairs perfectly, no issues, like all of it, right? You're probably going to be more natural at some than others, and that's okay. But the more you hone them, the stronger they get. It's literally like working a muscle. Okay, we'll get into more on Claire's in a minute. But first, I want to talk about the ego, because when we're talking about intuition, we need to talk about the ego, because understanding the difference between the ego and intuition and how to discern which is which is extremely important. If you don't understand, okay, this is my ego coming into play, it's it's more difficult to, to understand that maybe it's your intuition, right? If you can identify this is my ego, then you know it's not your intuition, right? Okay. Your, the ego, 
is who you believe yourself to be. It is your beliefs about yourself. And it's created over the course of your life through experiences and trauma, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, relationships, situations that have happened, experiences that you you go through, right? It encompasses your personality, your worth, your abilities, and your identity. Additionally, it's essentially, in my mind, it's a filter that all of what you perceive goes through in the process of interpreting and understanding yourself, the world around you, others, how to interact with others, etc. Right? It, it is this filter around us that everything coming at us, energy, conversations, words, relationship dynamics, information, everything, it all comes through this filter of the ego and it, it dictates our understandings of everything and our interpretations of all of these things and then therefore how we respond and react, right? And this ego, this ego filter... Essentially, it's created by our reactions to situations and encounters and experiences. That's where it's created. It's created through our human. It is, it is a very, it is our human self, essentially. Our ego is also, it's very limited and it's not very expansive. It's very closed minded versus open minded. It's very set in the beliefs versus being curious. Right. So think about these things when you're you're questioning, is this my ego or is this my intuition? Right. Is is the thought or idea or belief? Is it coming in and is it something very limited, closed minded or stuck in your beliefs or is it expansive? Is it big? Is it is it opening your mind and is it curious? Does it leave you asking bigger questions? Right. Our ego tries to keep us safe by helping us to repress our negative emotions. And, and so it's, it's here to serve us. However, unfortunately, in the long run, it does tend to hurt us more than it helps us because as much as we repress our negative emotions and don't address and face those things, they're still running rampant in the, in the background and dictating our programming and our reactions, responses, and we're holding energy there and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Our ego is here to help us survive, essentially, right? But it, uh, it limits us in things beyond basic survival. So it was great back in the day when survival was the number one thing that we focused on day to day. We need to survive. We need food, shelter, water, fire for warmth and cooking and all that, right? We need our basics. It's what keeps us alive. It's protecting ourselves from predators and and all of that. But beyond that, right? If you're trying to do anything beyond our basic survival, that is where we need to identify where our ego is playing a role in dictating our decisions and ideas and beliefs and kind of bypass it, right? We want to bypass the ego and essentially connect with our higher self. Okay, so let's talk about the ego death for a minute because everyone goes through this and this kind of goes along with um, the episode I did on phases of spiritual awakening. So typically before the ego death occurs, we experience the quote unquote dark night of the soul, right? We feel lost and alone. We feel isolated. We feel like we're yearning for something to change, but we don't know how or what. 
We just, we just don't, we could be surrounded by people, but yet we still feel alone. We feel like nobody understands us. We feel like what, what's happening, right? We sometimes go through a depression. Sometimes we're suffering greatly in some sort of, you know, experience that's happening in our life or situation. And we kind of have this like existential crisis, right? The inner conflict regarding what and who we have been, what we believe, what we want, right? We have this like, what the hell is the point, right? What am I doing here? Why am I here? What is my purpose? You know, nothing feels right or aligned and you don't even know why. And then, and then the, and then it's like a bubbles popped, but the, in the bubble is the ego. And you, it's popped, right? And then this is when, when people are talking about the, the ego death, they're referring to something about the personality, identity, beliefs, and, and all of that being completely shattered, right? It's when we go through this questioning, this what the fuck, essentially, and the bubble pops and we're like, it almost is like worse because we're like, well, who the hell am I now? Because now even this facade that we knew was a facade deep down, but now the facade is really gone and there's no going back. It's like once that bubble is popped, that once we have the ego death and we pop that bubble, there's no going back. <laughs> and the, the ego doesn't disappear, right? The, the term ego death is not necessarily one of my favorites, but I'm using it for the sake of most people have heard that term, right? And the ego doesn't disappear. It's always there and it does serve us. A lot of people want to demonize the ego or completely remove the ego. It serves us. It's just a matter of understanding it, right? And and we are we're going through the process of this sense of self that has been created dissolving away. It's this false self and sense of self that we believed was our true authentic self. But the the bubble popped and we realized that's not even who I am. I'm more than a mom. I'm more than a wife. I'm more than a daughter. Like I'm more than all of these things. And then then it's like everything you thought you knew is no longer true. And again, we go through some anxiety, some fear, some depression. And and it, ha- and it happens very similarly to everyone. You kind of feel like you're the only one experiencing it. No one's ever going to understand you. You don't really feel like you want to reach out to anyone, even if you knew that they would get you. And so we do tend to go through it alone. Uh, but then after this ego death, you know, after this initial phase, you find yourself feeling a little bit more enlightened, because that closed-mindedness, right, that limited perspective that we talked about is, is shifted from this closed-minded, limited perspective, very stuck in your beliefs, because all of those things shattered away, right? That closed-minded belief system and, you know, everything you thought you knew went away, right? So now you're wide open and you're curious and you're expansive. And, and that's what we want. We want to be in that place. And then after, you know, after we go through this and kind of come out of the the lower part of it, the depression side of it, and we're feeling kind of some of the positives, we do, we begin to feel more interconnected to one and to everything, to the universe, to each other, to the earth, to, to everything, right? And it does, it becomes easier to let go of your identities and attachments. 
objective observation becomes easier versus viewing things subjectively, right? We begin to expand spiritually. We begin to develop healthy boundaries and habits. We we have the desire to heal. If you didn't have the desire to heal yourself before, and I don't just mean physical stuff. I mean the deep shadow work healing, which of course translates into the physical as well. But, you know, we you have that big desire to to heal your your traumas, to heal your past lives, to clear the energy out in your body, to start making healthier choices and habits, to take care of your physical body, your emotional body, your your mental body, right? And we, and we have to keep in mind as well, you know, all of this is part of an awakening and it's not always linear. Some people have multiple ego deaths. We all have multiple ego deaths. We all have multiple awakenings and we have these ebbs and flows where things sometimes are super on and we're like living our most spiritual selves. And then next month we're really like just living our human 3D lives. And that's okay. It's okay to go with the ebbs and flows. Okay. So understanding ego is extremely important and understanding intuition and how to hone it. So I hope that that little rant about the ego makes sense and you have that in the back of your mind as we go through how to improve our intuition, right? Okay. So back to our intuition and the ways that we receive information. So different ways that we receive dreams. Our dreams are amazing sources and forms of intuition. However, there's so many ways to interpret it. Google's not always going to give you the answer that you desire. A lot of times it's your gut feelings, thinking, how am I feeling? What emotions am I feeling? You know, what patterns do I notice? Are there colors? Are there numbers? You know, various different things like that. Dream interpretation is a whole separate podcast, but that is a big, 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 big way that we receive information. Again, back to the signs, right? My friend with the spider, we get signs through animals. We get signs through numbers when you see those number synchronicities. Flowers, plants, songs, literally it can be anything. Downloads, another way that we receive information. So download, a download is the the act of receiving knowledge or information outside of conscious reasoning, typically from other dimensions. So it's basically, it's almost like, okay, imagine if your brain and your body was a computer. And so you already have all your programs, you have all the information stored within it, within the hard drive, et cetera, et cetera. And imagine you had a flash drive full of information on a subject. Maybe it was about portals. Maybe it was about extraterrestrials. Maybe it was about healing or transmuting energy, whatever. This flash drive gets plugged into the computer that is you. And it's like that. And and it starts to download into the computer. That's basically what's happening when us as a human, we're receiving a download. It's an info dump. It's just information being dumped in. However, a lot of times it's dumped in and just like so many parts of our brain and mind and psyche and consciousness, we can't always access all of it right away. And so it does take some time to work through it and decipher it and to fully grasp the info dump. So there's a ton of different ways that we can receive downloads, but honestly, you can just ask. I'd like a download on how to transmute energy. 
right? You can ask for it in meditation. You can ask for it in the shower. You can ask for it before you go to bed. You can, you know, whatever the case may be. And maybe you're doing automatic writing and you ask for it and then all of a sudden comes through in your writing. Maybe you're meditating and all of a sudden you get all these flashes and images. Maybe it doesn't come through right away. Maybe it comes through a week later in the form of an epiphany, right? Oftentimes it's in ways that we deem less spiritual, right? My very first download that I recognized as a download came through not in the moment where I received it. I, when I received the download, I did feel it. I felt it kind of tingling and pouring into my crown chakra, but I didn't have the information. I got the information while I was driving later on, not even thinking about it anymore. And it just came in the form of just this epiphany of just this understanding of the subject of what I was asking for. And it was just this aha moment. When we have those aha moments about something that we've been pondering or thinking about or wanting to know more about, sometimes that could just be a download being dumped right into your crown chakra. Okay. Uh, ways we receive information. There's tools we can use. I've talked about tools, pendulums, cards, dousing rods. But what I really want to get into is our clairs. Because I really want to get into using our intuition and tools do not use our intuition as much as they should. You should always use your intuition when you're using tools. Side note, side tangent. Okay. So let's talk about our clairs. Our clairs are our various receiving senses, just like our eyeballs for sight and our nose for smell and our ears for hearing, right? and our tongue for tasting, and our hands for for feeling and touching, right? We have all of these senses in a metaphysical way. We have the ability to observe the etheric world. Our physical senses that we all know about, right? Eyeballs, nose, ears. That allows us to observe and perceive our physical reality around us, where our clairs are the same thing, but for the metaphysical world, the etheric world, whatever term you want to put on it, right? The other dimensions that are existing within this dimension and around us and beyond us, right? Okay, so let's quickly go through them. Many of you probably probably know these, but let's talk about them. Clairvoyance. This is your seeing. This is your third eye, right? Right in the middle of your forehead, kind of in between your brows, your your sixth chakra. So signs that you are a very clairvoyant person. You have a very good imagination. If you can visualize anything in your mind, you are amazing with your clairvoyant abilities and you would do great with things like guided meditations and things like that. Um, So if you can visualize very easily, you have a good imagination. If you see or saw spirits in childhood or presently, if you see portals or auras or energetic manifestations, right? If you look at someone and you can see kind of a color glowing around them, or if, you know, it's almost like if you kind of squint your eyes just right, you can almost you see things through things. <laughs> and that probably only makes sense if you've experienced it. So if you have no idea what that means, then yeah, maybe you're not the most clairvoyant and that's okay because we can hone all of them. Um, other signs, you see symbols in your mind or even around you. Some people just look around, you know, in their reality and they see, they see symbols or flashes. 
um, flashes of light. If you ever, you know, out of the corner of your eye, you see movement or flashes of light. Flashes of light are, are common ones, I'd say, compared to some other things. Um, other signs that you're very clairvoyant, you get a flash of images or scenes or a being or a person in your mind's eye, whether or not your eyes are open or closed, because we use our third eye, whether our eyes are opened or closed, and it can be different depending on how you're using it. But yeah, so if you also, so if you get into a meditative state, uh, initially, and then, you know, you're flooded with visuals, right? That's your clairvoyance. That's your ability to see with your third eye. Okay. Let's go on to clairsentience. So this is feeling, right? Our, our ability to feel. So we oftentimes feel the emotions or feelings of other people, spirits, interdimensional beings, elementals, anything, anything and everything. It could, or even the, you know, Mother Gaia herself, the planetary body, right? You can feel the emotions and feelings. And it's not even just knowing what they're feeling. It's feeling it in your body. It's when you're talking to someone and, you know, they broke their leg or, you know, they're they're sad. Okay. So you, you, you have a conversation with someone and they're really depressed or sad or just went through some sort of heartbreak or something like that. And you talk to them and you feel that heaviness in your chest. You feel like you are about to burst out into tears and you're like, why would I cry? I'm not actually sad. Sometimes you're just feeling what they're feeling, but sometimes you're even thinking, you're hearing their thoughts even, you know, sometimes it's so strong that you can, you can feel the loss, right? Maybe they just lost a loved one and you can feel that grieving that, and you feel it, the sensation in your body, you feel the emotions, all of it, right? This is being an empath, right? So you can feel the emotions and feelings and you can feel the physical sensations, right? So... If you're a physical type of feeler, again, maybe a friend broke their leg and they picked, they called you before they said what happened. Your leg starts throbbing and you're like, what the hell is that? And then they tell you that they just broke their leg and you're like, oh, okay, I bet you it's your right leg because my right leg's hurting. <laughs> and they're like, yep. So... Yeah, that you you are a you're a big feeler, right? You're you're that person that gets chills when things resonate, right? Or or warmth, right? A big a big sign if you um are very clairsentient for resonance. A lot of times you feel warmth and you feel warm chills and you feel things in your heart space. Your heart space is your is your superpower. Just like if you're clairvoyant, you're th- it's your third eye, right? Your your clairsentience, this is your heart chakra. This is being an empath. Okay. Let's move on. Claircognizant. This is the knowing. This is like the underrated but most badass one in my opinion. Most people don't recognize that they are experiencing it because we're so programmed to dismiss our own thoughts and to seek outside ourselves for information or validation. But this one's very common. 
just we're not always recognizing it. But again, the more you recognize it and the more you pay attention to it, the stronger it's going to get. So this is the when you know someone's going to say something before they say it, when you know someone is lying, when things just pop into your mind and you just know things, right? Something just pops into your mind that's like something bad's going to happen tomorrow and then something bad happens tomorrow, right? Uh, it's sometimes having dreams or visions of things that that come true or you know when a loved one is sick or hurt or passes away. So it's it's that knowing, and there's so many different examples of it. But that's what we really, everyone should really work on honing, those moments of just knowing something, especially when it gets validated. And then you're like, wait a minute, I knew that. <laughs> or that like, oh, I should trust my gut. <laughs> okay, clear audience, moving on. This is hearing, right? Clear audience, this is, you know, when you hear voices, that are not coming from a physical human you're having a conversation with. You know, so you, the signs are you may be hearing voices. Maybe, but again, maybe you're not hearing voices quite yet. Maybe you're sensitive to sounds. Maybe when you listen to music, there are just things that stand out and you receive things through music. You hear lots of noises in your house and around you. You get lots of ringing in your ears, those types of things. Okay. Claire aliens. This is your smelling. This one's a funny one, but it and it happens. And how relevant this one I would say is probably not the most important, like important one. You're not going to get a whole ton of information from it, but I have absolutely gotten information about this. I had a, a being that would visit me and it would always smell like vanilla. I was trying to figure out who this being was, and I eventually narrowed it down. I thought it was a friend's spirit guide. And when I asked her, I said, yeah, you know, kind of looked like this and smelled like vanilla. And she's like, oh my gosh, that totally is this one because she always smells like vanilla. <laughs> it comes in really handy, this, this Claire, when you're doing past life readings or looking into your own past lives because you can smell things, right? Maybe you end up somewhere, you don't know where you are, but it smells like alcohol. And it's like, maybe I'm in a bar, or something along those lines, right? Or you smell flowers, and you're like, maybe I'm in a field. So it's very it's very handy when it comes to past life work, for sure. Okay, then we've got our Claire Gustance. This is the taste. This is, you know, similar to the hearing, you know, how relevant is it? it again, maybe more relevant in past life work. But also, if you're very strong in, in you know, Claire Gustin's your ability to taste or Claire Aliens, your ability to smell. Those can be things that you can use to work on your resonance, right? Your understanding like this is good, this is bad. If every time you encounter something low vibrational, you have, say, a metallic taste in your mouth, right? That just adds to your discernment. So using all of these senses, even if it's something as seemingly silly as your ability to taste things that are not there, <laughs> you know, of course, it, it totally helps in things like past life work. But in your day to day work, you know, as you're trying to get your yeses and your nose down and understand what, you know, what resonates, what doesn't and using your discernment, using these these other senses, if you're really big on the smelling and the tasting, you know, find what one's a yes, what one associates with something low vibrational and something high vibrational, and it can just add to your 
list of things to help you discern. Okay, so when it comes to using our intuition, using our clairs, we need to understand resonance. What does it mean for something to resonate? For something to resonate, it means that when you perceive it, it aligns with your truth. It invokes some sort of emotional, mental, spiritual, or physical response. It feels relatable. It feels familiar. You think to yourself, that's it, right? This is exactly what I think, what I believe, or what I feel to be true, right? It's when you read or hear something and feel like it was meant for you. You hear it and you're like, that's it. That's exactly what I believe. That's exactly what I think. This just feels right. This feels meant for me. And, or, you know, this just feels like my truth. Sometimes you hear something and you're like, I don't know, that just doesn't feel right, right? And it's hard to even describe what that feeling is, but that's resonance. Resonance relates to your truth, which means it can be good, high vibrational or positive, but it can also be bad, low vibrational and negative, right? Resonance isn't about what's good or bad. It's about what feels right or true, your personal truth and your personal reality. And because our perception creates our reality and resonance is based on perception, this is why things resonate for some people and not others. So I want to break that down for a second. So perception is subjective. Perception is based on our past experiences and uh, Maybe we had a negative association with an item or a dog had, you know, attacked us. So now we have a negative perception of a dog. And resonance, because it's intermingled with perception, means it's not necessarily universal truth. It's your truth and it's your reality. But my reality and my truth is not always the same as your reality and your truth. And that's okay. So this means that resonance refers to your individual personal truth more than a collective universal truth. So knowing that something resonates with you is a very good thing. But understanding that resonance is subjective. It is personalized to you. So maybe there's a course out there. For you, you're getting all of the signs. It resonates with you so hard that you should take this course. All the signs, all of your gut feelings, if you used all your senses, and you just ask yourself, and you read all the content, and you talk to the person that's running it, and it just resonates. All of the information, it just, it feels right for you to take this course. Your best friend or, you know, someone you know, it does not resonate with them. That doesn't mean that the course is bad. It's it's not that that your friend is right and you're wrong or you're right and they're wrong. We need to kind of get out of this kind of like right and wrong thing. It just means that maybe it is right for you. Maybe it aligns with you and where you're at right now and your friend. It does not align with your friend and where they're at and their path and what is in their highest good. So understanding that resonance does not equal universal truth, but it does make, it does equal your truth. And sometimes something can resonate with you now, and then five years from now, it doesn't resonate with you anymore. That's because it is subjective. Okay. Using resonance is important. Understanding resonance and then using it is what is helping your discernment. So that's the whole point of even getting into resonance. Okay. So what is discernment? 
The the dictionary definition would say it's the ability to judge well. It is our ability to decipher and further interpret what we perceive by combining subjective viewpoints to objective viewpoints. It combines perception, again, which is subjective, and resonance, which is also subjective, and it adds an objective view to the data in order to analyze it from multiple angles. Okay, so think of perception as being able to sense what something is. Your discernment is sensing what it means and what you should do. Discernment is taking something through the filter of perception, through your senses and your clairs, interpreting and understanding its association to us on a deeper level, and then determining what it means on an objective level. So it's it's very layered, and it ta- it's a big process. And that's why, I mean... It takes years to develop discernment and it's never, it doesn't ever stop. Every single day, I'm improving my discernment. Every single day, I'm having new experiences that are either adding to things that are, that align with a certain belief or, or the opposite or opening my mind to the fact that, okay, every time that, you know, this presents, it doesn't always have to mean this. It usually means this, but it doesn't always have to. Okay. So good discernment versus poor discernment. Good discernment combines past experiences, intuition, openness, and the ability to see from multiple perspectives, not just your own, right? That's big, especially when it comes to like lower vibrational things and kind of seeing things like how do the, how, how do they perceive this scenario? What do they think about this, right? Good discernment is having the ability to analyze data versus judging based on your personal beliefs and biases. Let that one sink in for a minute. Good discernment is having the ability to analyze data versus judging based on your personal beliefs and biases. Poor discernment is letting the ego get in the way. The, the ego can get in the way of good discernment. The ego, again, it keeps us closed-minded and less open to new information and being curious. The ego thinks it knows everything. You know those people. That's why the, the people say, you know when you've got that kind of know-it-all person and they think they're the shit and that they know everything? <laughs> and people say, oh, they're so egotistical. That's why, because the ego does. It thinks that it knows everything. It doesn't want you to learn more. It doesn't want you to explore and expand. It's based in our programming, which a lot of times is negative programming, and it typically creates a bias. And the ego is based in reaction. So the ego is largely formed by our shadow. <laughs> and so the more we approach our shadow and do the shadow work, again, we never get rid of the shadow. We shed light on the shadow and we heal the shadow. We integrate the shadow and we understand the shadow. And the same goes for the ego. The more you can understand it, the more you can work with it. We don't want to demonize it. We don't want it to be intuition versus ego. Like, I want to get rid of the ego. But we want to know when it serves a purpose, when to work around it, when it's influencing us, and when we want to kind of let those thoughts go because they're not serving us. Okay, so a little bit more on discernment. How to improve discernment. And I've talked about discernment before, but I think this might touch on, I think we were going to touch on some things maybe I haven't already. 
So the more you're able to shift your viewpoint from subjective, which is your personal belief, right? I hate dogs because dogs are mean because this dog attacked me when I was a kid. To objective, which is dogs are animals, dogs, you know, operate on their animal instincts. Sometimes, you know, dogs are going through something and they react and, you know, understanding the the factual uh, objective perspective on, say, a dog versus your personal sub- personal perspective, which is dogs are mean and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So we want to shift from subjective to objective. And we want to use our resonance to develop discernment and vice versa. For example, when you're trying to discern if something around you is positive or negative, quote unquote, if you come to the potential conclusion that what around you is positive, and this could be an energy, a being, something you're connecting with, you know, another person. If you come to that conclusion that whatever this energy is, is positive and that conclusion resonates with you, you know, if you're like, okay, I think this is positive because of X, Y, Z, and then you sit with that thought and you're like, that resonates, that adds to your discernment. So your resonance is just another tool to better your improve or improve your discernment. The more areas we're able to validate and affirm the same answer, the better our discernment. I kind of have it as like multiple checkboxes, right? In my in my head. <laughs> and so that means the more senses you're able to use, the more you can validate from this from the information you're perceiving. So if we have a checkbox for every sense that we have, and then we have our resonance as a checkbox and say, if we're, say we have a question and say it's just, it's a yes or a no. And every sense that we go through, the answer is yes, 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 yes. And then our resonance is yes. Chances are the answer is yes, right? Whereas if you're kind of 50-50, then it's like, okay, I need to ponder this a little bit more and kind of go through it. But the more, the, the goal is the more checkboxes you have, the checkboxes being, you know, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're feeling, you know, what does it resonate with you? The more of those that give you the same answer, the better your discernment, essentially. Okay. Again, the more you rely on your intuition instead of ego, the stronger your discernment gets. Steps for good discernment would be releasing your ego, accepting that you do not know everything about anything, being unbiased, trusting your intuition and using your intuition, seeing from a higher perspective, seeing from that objective viewpoint, the ability to see from multiple perspectives and not just your own, being open to new information, removing attachments to beliefs, being neutral. That's that, you know, being okay if it is and okay if it isn't, right? The more neutral you are, I mean, that is that zero point, right? That is, this is the one of the number one superpowers. That's that complete balance and neutrality. And that's where you're at a best place for discernment. If you're okay, either way it goes, right? Again, having as many checkboxes as possible. Again, good discernment, you know, we use our past experiences, our perception, our resonance, our 3D senses, our clairs, and then consistency, right? The more you use it and the more you get the same answer, again, that's going to just build on your discernment. 
Okay. So let's get into actually doing the thing. (laughs) Receiving information and using discernment and all of the things to see what we're getting. Okay. Developing spiritual discernment, again, it allows us to interpret energy to be able to distinguish between good and bad for your highest good, high vibrational, low vibrational, positive and negative, and how to interpret what something means. For example, you begin to pick up on a different energy around you. You begin to perceive. What does it look like? Right? So if you are clairvoyant and you're able to see it with your mind's eye, what colors, shapes, symbols, are you seeing a being? Like, you know, you're observing and soaking in all of the information of what does it look like? And then what does it sound like, right? Do you hear a voice? Do you hear a pitch? Do you hear a ring, right? Is it really low pitched? Is it really high pitched? Do you hear a voice? Does it sound like your voice? Does it sound like another voice? You know, does it sound like it's coming from your left ear or your right ear? You know, things like that. What does it feel like physically? You know, think we always really want to pay attention to all of our senses. I say this all the time. So physically, what are you feeling when you're receiving this energy? Go through your whole body, top to, to bottom or bottom to top, right? Am I feeling anything in my head? Do I feel pressure? Do I feel a headache? Do I feel anything, you know, in my ears and my eyes and my sinuses? Do, what about my throat? Do I feel like I'm being strangled? Do I feel like a like there's something stuck in my throat? Go to your chest, right? This is a big one. We feel a lot in our chest. Does it feel tight? Does it feel open? Does it feel relaxed? Or does it feel like there's just a, a big rock? right inside you, right? Weighing you down. Does it feel really heavy or really light? Do you feel nauseous? Do you feel sick in your stomach? Do you, you know, ask your body how you're feeling. What does it feel emotionally? Again, ask yourself, what emotions am I feeling? Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling joy? Do I feel zen and relaxed? Do I feel overwhelmed? Do I feel chaos? Like you getting more in touch with our, with ourselves and how we're feeling. And then again, the tastes and the smells. Am I tasting anything? Am I smelling anything? Right? Does it smell musty and dirty? Or does it smell like fresh air? Right? Pay attention to all of our senses. When as soon as we're picking up on an energy or choosing to read our own energy or someone else's energy. And if you're new to sensing energy, you probably don't have a lot of past experience to, to discern what that means. And that's okay because we have to start somewhere. So perhaps what you're perceiving in this moment is pressure in your body, nausea, and heaviness in the air. Maybe that's all you're perceiving. Perhaps you have no association with feeling tingling or pressure in your body. So it's just an observation. You don't really have any associations attached to it to to discern what it means. Maybe simultaneously you also feel nauseous, which again is that physical symptom. And then you also feel the heaviness in the air, right? So the nausea would probably make you think maybe something negative, but in the spiritual world, it could be something new, right? Just because in the physical world, nausea is typically not a good thing. If you're new, maybe maybe nausea feel is, some, is a sign of something good for you. So you don't know yet. And then the air feels heavy. 
maybe this one, you do have an association because you're an empath and you've learned that when it feels heavy, it typically relates to something low vibrational. Because in the past, every time that you have felt that heaviness in the air, it's been an association with a fight or an argument or just a really toxic person or a negative scenario or situation. So you have perceived the energy in three different ways in this example. One that may be negative, that's not fully validated, the nausea. One that you have no association with whatsoever, which is that that pressure in the in your body, right? And then you have one that is likely a negative or low vibrational association. So based on these three checkboxes that are, are not very strong at this point because Again, consistency. So if you have this scenario happen to you a hundred times and it always has the same, uh, you always perceive it in the same ways and have the same sensations, that's different than if it's your first time, right? So in this scenario, you're new, but chances are if you're trying to go one way or another, you're probably going to conclude that the energy is probably low vibrational or negative, However, this is a lower level of discernment because it's new and you're just opening up and adjusting. And again, you don't have that consistency over time. And perhaps next time you encounter a similar energy, you perceive it in those ways. And, but again, so maybe, so next time you have the same energy, you have the, the, the tightness in your body, you have the nausea and the air feels really heavy, but maybe this time you pick up on some intrusive thoughts. Maybe this time you observe and see something black or dark in your mind's eye, right? Clairvoyantly. And maybe from past experiences or maybe in and education, right? Maybe listening to other people's experiences or things like that. You you know, you know that intrusive thoughts are low vibrational, right? And maybe you don't have an association with black or dark energy forms, But now you have an additional perception that adds to that belief that this energy is low vibrational, right? You had the the nausea that you were kind of leaning towards. It's low vibrational. You had the heaviness in the air that you were like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is low vibrational. And now you have the intrusive thoughts that you know are low vibrational. So now it adds all these things together that, you know, this combination of things probably means something low vibrational, Okay, so now now your discernment's a little bit better. So now the next time you encounter the same type of energy, it feels the same, you're having all the same signs. But this time maybe you're going to you decide you're going to transmute it. Because your your knowledge tells you that if you transmute something, it was likely a low vibrational energy form. If you transmute it to light or to a higher vibrational energy form, it's probably low vibrational to begin with. So you transmute the energy, right? Maybe that's something you already have the skill set to do. Maybe you're a healer. Maybe you you work with manipulating energy. And then all of a sudden, you no longer feel all of the sensations. You don't feel the nausea, the pressure, the heaviness. You don't see the black form in your mind's eye. And the intrusive thoughts disappear. You know, at this point, you are pretty on point that that was something low vibrational. So this is how we are discerning what we are picking up on. And this, and so discernment goes hand in hand with understanding what it means, right? We have to develop the discernment first in order to expand upon 
deeper meanings and deeper messages. We need to kind of get the baselines down. We need to, because unfortunately there is a lot of fuckery out there. There are a lot of low vibrational things and energies and beings that will kind of mess with you if you don't have proper discernment. And, you know, when we start to, you know, use our intuition and Claire's to, you know, maybe just tap into our own energy field and see how we're doing. If there's something low vibrational around you and it wants to kind of sneak in there, it's going to skew what you're receiving. So if you can pinpoint low vibrational things or things that just don't feel right or, and it doesn't, you know, discernment isn't just about low vibrational things. You know, the example that I just gave, the same could go for you know, maybe an angelic being, right? Maybe in your mind's eye, it looks bright and white and glowing. Maybe in your heart space, you feel really open. Maybe you feel really light. And maybe you're just overwhelmed with the emotion of joy and love, right? Consistently over time, every time you have those experiences combined with one another, you're like, okay, so this is this is an angelic being. And then once you have that set down where you you have this base understanding with, you know, what you're connecting with or where the energy or where the information is coming from or what the energy is, then you can continue to go deeper. Okay, so what 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 kind of message do you have for me, right? This is more in the lines of channeling versus intuition, but, you know, there it's it's more of a spectrum, right? It's not really one versus another in my opinion. Others would disagree, but that's in a whole nother rant. Uh, <laughs> but kind of having our baseline of discernment is important because again, we become, we, we build almost a library of what things mean. So over time, purple means a certain thing for you, you know, or a certain pitch in your ear means something. And that's how we're using our intuition. If over time, through our discernment, we, we believe, we, we know that if we hear a really high pitch in my right ear and I feel some tingling on my head and, you know, my heart feels really open, you know, that's a sign of yes, go for it. So if you're trying to make a decision in your life and you sit with it, and your heart space opens, and again, you have, this is an example, so don't like hold me to this is for you. You know, you built this association that the ringing in your right, a high pitch ringing in your right ear is a positive thing. It's a go for it. It's a yes. And maybe there's a color associated with it. And then the tingling on the top of your head, right? When you understand what all of these sensations mean, that's how you read energy. So when you are like, okay, energy, you're like, hey, body, how are you feeling? Or hey, energy body, like what's going on? And then you get a flash of a color. And if you know what that color means for you, because it's not always going to be the same for everybody, then you, again, you, that's your intuition. That's how we're, we're reading energy. We're reading the, the things around us and we're observing and, and we have these associations and we can understand what they mean. And that's how we can use our intuition to improve upon our lives. If we have decisions that we need to make, if someone around us is not good for us, but maybe we're clouded by maybe love or obligation, 
But, you know, we have all of the things that are screaming low vibrational, low vibrational, low vibrational. You know, we think, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to get out of this. Or, you know, we learn to listen to those gut feelings. And because especially because, you know, if you combine these things into one, and you're not just using one or the other, and you're using your clairvoyance and your clairaudience, and you're, you're using that inner knowing, you're using the emotions and the physical sensations, the more you're using the better you're going to be receiving the information. Because again, you have this means this, this means this, this means this. And when they all align, they all have the same, the checkbox on the same side, you know what I mean? Then you have a very clear answer. And that's how honing our clairs and building upon them and, and improving our intuition can really be the make or break and living a very healthy, happy life and and aligning with our highest timeline, right? Because that's what we all want. We want to live our best life. We want to be aligned with our highest timeline. We want to connect with our higher self. This is what we do, right? Okay. This was way longer than I thought, so I'm going to end it here, even though I could go on and on for another probably five hours. But I hope that this helps. And if you have questions about any of it, leave it in the comments or join my French Spirit group on Facebook and pop it there. Shoot me a message or book a session, right? FrenchSpirit.com is where you can find me and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.